We find in Luke 2, 10 through 11, this is what the angel told some shepherds. Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy. Good news of great joy, which will be for all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ Jesus our Lord. You see, the angel came to bring good news of great joy for all people. Not just some, but all people. It doesn't matter who you are, where you're from, where you've been, what you've done. Christmas is good news of great joy for you and for all people, whoever you are. The good news is this. God loves you. Wherever you are, God sent his only son for you. Whatever you're going through, God can get you through. He can do the impossible. We sang it this morning. However you're feeling, Christmas is a time to rejoice in the Lord. Amen? Matthew 2.10 says that when the wise men saw the star, they rejoiced. With exceeding great joy. The Greek word translated here for great joy is mega. Mega joy. Which means big joy. Huge joy. Exceedingly great joy. Are you feeling mega joy today? Over our Savior and our Lord. I am. It just rises up in me. Our salvation. Our our Savior. This is the season in which we celebrate his birth. Jesus came to earth to give us mega joy, mega joy. We are in a sermon series called, excuse me, Rediscover Christmas, Good News in Troubling Times. So far, we have preached on finding hope in our uncertainties and finding peace in our struggles. Today, I'm preaching on finding joy in our pain and discouragement. This is a season of joy, but I know there are many that are struggling with discouragement and and despair and depression. And I just say to you today, receive the joy of the Lord. Receive his joy. I know some are hurting. And to you, I say, God loves you. He cares about what you're going through. And we're going to hear more about this joy. And I pray that God will open your ears to receive it no matter what. You're going through at this time. But I would probably venture to say that most people would say that their life is not characterized by mega joy. Yet, rejoice in great joy. The, Lord, the Bible is telling us God has given us that joy. So why is it that most of us don't have mega joy? Maybe because... Could it be that we're looking for joy in all the wrong places? We're looking for joy except for the one place that it is really found. You see, people with no joy, you know what they'll do? They'll look for a substitute. They'll look for a substitute. That's why we have so many people in our world addicted to drugs and alcohol. And and Americans are going to spend a trillion dollars on the holiday this year. Yet... You cannot buy joy. There is no price tag on joy. Where is real joy found? Real joy is found in Jesus Christ, our Lord. That is where real joy is found. 
Jesus Christ alone. Joy is the result of a relationship with Jesus Christ. I'm not saying every moment of every day we're feeling all this joy, but we can receive the joy. We can walk in joy. We can live our lives in joy. It's a result of a relationship with Christ. Isaiah 12, 2 through 3 says, Surely, surely God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. The Lord God is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. With joy, you will draw water. From the wells of salvation. In other words, salvation leads to joy. Or it should, it should. Christians should have the most joy and be the most joyful people on the earth. People can, should be able to say to us, I saw your life and it made me want what you have. You have so much joy. Where did that joy come from? Jesus preached the kingdom of God and Romans 14, 17 says this, the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and I can't hear you. Joy in the Holy Spirit. We should have mega joy. When you read the story of Jesus Christ, you find him bringing joy to people. He brought joy when he healed people. He brought joy when he set people free. He brought joy when he taught people the truth. These are all about joy. And guess what? Guess what? Jesus is still bringing joy into the lives of people today. He never changes. He brought joy then. He's bringing joy now. And he will continue to bring joy in all of our lives if we will allow him. Jesus came to bring joy to the world. And wherever his kingdom is, there is joy. Joy unspeakable. Joy. However, this does not mean that we won't have pain and discouragement in life. We all know life has pain and discouragement. We tend to believe that joy comes when all my problems are removed. Well, if that's the case, you're going to be pretty void of joy. Because life is about problems too. We have problems that we have to, to solve. But the amazing thing about joy is that we can experience the joy of the Lord in the midst, I'm telling you right now, right in the very midst of problems and pain. However, this does not mean that we still won't struggle. But we see in the Christmas story two mothers who found joy in painful times. And that's what I want to talk about some today. Luke 1, 5 through 7 says this. In the time of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah. His wife, Elizabeth, was also a descendant of Aaron. Both of them were righteous in the sight of God, observing the laws and the commands and decrees blamelessly. But they were childless because Elizabeth was not able to conceive and they were both very old. That short paragraph from the scripture speaks volumes of information to Luke's original audience. First, we see Israel was under the control of a harsh Roman king. That created circumstances that were painful and discouraging to all Jewish people. Then we see that Zechariah and Elizabeth 
They were righteous and blameless and faithful, but they were old and they had never been able to have children. That was painful. That was discouraging. That was hard because having children was a really, really big deal in that culture. Not having children was a a real source of pain and shame for people. And it aroused suspicion in, in people who believed barrenness was caused by sin in your life. But the Bible said they were righteous and blameless. That means not all bad things that happen in our lives are a result of sin. Doesn't mean just because something is happening to you that you have sinned. It it might be sin, but you have to go to God and you have to figure that out, you and God. But in the midst of this pain, the angel Gabriel suddenly shows up and he tells Zechariah that his wife is going to have a son who will prepare the way for the coming Messiah. Sounds like a pretty good announcement, doesn't it? But guess what? Zechariah didn't believe it. And the angel told him that consequently he would be unable to speak until the baby was born. Now, it seems that Elizabeth was quicker to believe the news. Now, I could preach a sermon on that. <laughs> oh. And when she became pregnant, she said in Luke one twenty five. The Lord has done this for me. (laughs) In these days, he has shown his favor and taken away my disgrace among the people. Beautiful passage. Moving, touching passage of scripture. You notice she mentions that she was a disgrace in the eyes of people. But she found grace in God. Pastor Joe had a word this morning, I believe, about shame and removing shame. And I just, I had a lot of shame in my life. That's another sermon, but 10 years of shame after abuse in my childhood. God has removed my shame. And I praise him. I have found grace in God. And you can too. But meanwhile... Meanwhile, the story goes on in Galilee. When Elizabeth was six months pregnant, Gabriel makes another earthly appearance, but this time to Mary. And he is delivering the most miraculous pregnancy announcement of all. A virgin will conceive and give birth to the Messiah. This is joyous news. Mary received the news gracefully and willingly, but at some point, Early on, Mary must have known, surely she had to know, that there would be challenges and that disgrace was about to begin. Simultaneously, this joyous announcement, but yet pain and discouragement and challenges were about to begin. The scorn and the shame she would face, her and her family and her fiance as well. It would be tremendous when it became obvious that she was pregnant and not married. How do you make people believe that the baby in your womb is God's son? Even Joseph couldn't believe the news at first. Imagine what Mary was going through. 
We think of it, oh, she was favored and chosen by God. Yes, all that's wonderful. But she suffered. She suffered incredible pain. Her, her journey was not an easy one. Even Joseph couldn't believe it, and he planned to break off their engagement. It was very painful. Maybe that's why Luke one thirty nine tells us, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea. I think she just needed to get away. She just needed some space. And the angel told Mary about her relative, Elizabeth's miraculous pregnancy. And I'm sure she thought, oh, if anyone will understand, it'll be Elizabeth. If so, she was right. Because this, if she thought that, this is where the joy erupts. This is the exciting part. This is where it gets exciting. Against the backdrop of discouragement, disgrace, grief, shame, the joy comes bursting through for these two mothers-to-be. All of this is going on in their lives, but joy erupts in the midst of such pain and discouragement. Luke 1, 41 through 45 tells us, when Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leapt in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, The baby in my womb leapt for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promise to her. Think about that. Mary had to believe this. Really? I'm pregnant with God's son? That that would be a very challenging moment. But this is a beautiful passage. This is a beautiful scripture. And what a relief. This must have been to Mary. She didn't have to explain herself. She didn't have to worry anymore about being understood. All she had to do was say hello, and Elizabeth knew. Wouldn't you like a friend like that? Even her developing baby leapt within her. This was the affirmation and encouragement Mary needed. God knows what every one of you need. And even though you're maybe hurting and suffering and you're going through pain, God knows just the timing. He will make a way of escape. He will come to you. He will fill you with joy if you will allow him to do so. Mary was encouraged. Her her joy came bursting through as well. And she sang and she praised and she thanked God. And I want you to listen to Luke 1, 46 through 50. It's called Mary's Magnificat. Did I say that right? Magnificat. My soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. For he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. 
His mercy extends to those who fear him. Such a beautiful passage of scripture. And on one level, it's a celebration during miraculous events. But on another level, it's two expectant mothers sharing a deep understanding and a deep joy. No matter what happened before, no matter what will come in the future. These two mothers had this moment in time. There's much that we can take away from this story, but I want to focus on three points this morning. Uh, Three points that uh, I want to focus on three points that we can apply to our experience with joy. The first point is joy does not depend on circumstances like happiness does. We want joy and we want happiness. Both are okay. But joy does not depend on our circumstances. Mary and Elizabeth found great joy even in the midst of their circumstances that were not happy. They still had joy. But most of us, what we do is we're living way below below the joy that Jesus came to earth to give us because most of us, we confuse joy and happiness. How do you define happiness? Well, research shows that most most people believe that happiness comes from things like finding a mate, and it does, and it can, and having children, raising a family, having a good job, paying the bills, financial security, and good health. All of us want all of those things. So what about you? What is it that makes you happy? What is your happiness based on? What was the happiest day of your life? You don't have to answer that out loud. But what was the happiest day of your life? I've had many, many happy days. uh, But probably one of the happiest was when I married Pastor Joe. And then when I had my children and obviously getting saved and meeting Joe, which I did both on the very same day. uh, I really did. That was pretty incredible. Uh, Our our children moving out. (laughs) Sorry about that. Hope they're not watching this morning. But yeah, empty nest. Yes, (laughs) traveling, having grandchildren, starting Grace Fellowship Church. All of these were days that were filled with happiness. But in all of all of our lives are filled with days of happiness, days of sadness, and days that are just plain average mundane it's the same thing we do every day up you know we have the ups we have the downs and then we just have the average days right sure we're all going to have hard times in our lives but that doesn't mean we can't have joy anyway we can but having joy requires having faith in god romans 15 13 may the god of hope Fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Joy comes as we trust in God. It's just that simple. You can't change that. It, it, it is how it is. No matter what we're going through, put our trust in God. Joy is a product of faith, not circumstances. Joy is more about what you believe than what you achieve. But we put the focus on what we achieve, don't we? We've got to understand the difference between happiness and joy. You see, the, the word happy has the same root word, hap, 
H-A-P, as the word happen. So get this. This means happiness is based on what? What happens to you? Sure. Something good happens and you feel happy. If something good happens, you're happy. If something bad happens, you're unhappy. If you get a job, you're happy. If you lose the job, you're unhappy. If you get a raise, you're happy. If you don't get a raise, you're unhappy. If things happen the way we want them to happen, then we're happy. But if they don't and they don't happen the way we want, what we want, then what are we? We're unhappy. Circumstances control whether we're happy or we're not happy. Happiness is based on what happens. But let me clue you in on a secret here. Happiness is not enough to get you through life. It's just not. You need something greater than happiness. You need something not based on what does or doesn't happen. That something more is joy. And let me say the joy of the Lord is some, that something more. Because joy comes from him. You need to have the joy of the Lord. So don't mistake happiness for joy or joy for happiness. It's easy to do that, but they're very different. In, in fact, the Bible gives a much greater emphasis to joy. Why? Because happiness is based on what happens outside of us. Joy comes from the inside. Things can take away your happiness, but if you have joy, nothing can take away your joy. Joy is much more than happiness, which is based on circumstances. And joy is something we can have regardless of circumstances. In fact, and this is my second point, joy is our strength. You ever see a joyless person? They just, they don't have any strength. They're just weak. Joy is our strength. Mary rejoiced because the mighty one had done great things for her. Notice that joy and strength go together. There are two main biblical meanings of joy. One is rejoicing with a shout of gladness. We did that today. We rejoiced with a shout of gladness. The other is calm delight. Isn't that interesting? So in the Bible, you're going to find joyful people. They're going to be laughing and leaping and shouting and singing and dancing and celebrating. That's awesome. That's, that's a form of rejoicing and joy. But you can also find them full of calm delight, even in the tough times. That takes the strength of Jesus Christ. Habakkuk 3, 17 through 19 says, I love this passage, though the fig tree does not bud and there be no grapes on the vines, though the olive crop fails and the fields produce no food, though there are no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stalls. It's getting pretty bleak here. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God, my Savior. Nothing's going right. No food on the table. The kids are misbehaving. The bank account is low. Your husband's acting up again. <laughs> Your wife's acting up again. <laughs> yet, 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 I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God my Savior. The sovereign Lord is my strength. 
Oh, I love it. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. That's the verse God gave me when I was going through deliverance at my young age. That passage was so meaningful to me. He enables me to tread on the high places. Yes, he does. Have you ever noticed how different people, this is so interesting, go through the same things completely different? Yeah. Because they're controlled by what's happening, right? Same circumstances, different response. Some people are overcome by their circumstances. I don't think I'm one of those people, but, you know, I don't know. Am I? (laughs) No. (laughs) Others choose to overcome their circumstances. I mean, what choice do you really have? You're going to let your circumstances overcome you? Maybe for a minute. But then you got to get it right, right? Some let happenings determine their happiness or lack thereof. Others choose to rejoice in the Lord. They choose joy. And when you choose joy, when you choose to rejoice in the Lord, he enables you to walk on those high places, the tough terrain. Sometimes God moves mountains. Sometimes he gives you the ability to walk over your mountains, to walk through your fire. But God will make a way of escape for you, and he will give you joy in the midst of all the trials. And that ability to stand and to conquer comes from joy. And I get that from Nehemiah 8.10. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Beautiful passage. If you've got joy, you've got strength. No joy means no strength. Listen, we all go through tough times in our lives when we're facing difficult situations like a financial crisis or the loss of a loved one or the loss of a job or a failed marriage or children rebelling or just health issues, whatever it might be. But in the midst of it all, we can still have joy. James 1, 2 through 4 tells us. I'm so thankful for this passage. Count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Just exactly what I'm talking about this morning. Knowing, this is is key, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Really? Facing trouble is an opportunity for great joy? Yes! Yes, it is. It's an opportunity to trust God, have joy, find strength. If we will look at it that way, it changes everything. This is not about, I'm not talking here about slapping on a a fake smile, okay? Or acting like you're happy. Oh, I'm so happy. I'm so happy. No, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about a broader view, a bigger view, that God will work all things out, hear me now, for your good. If you know that when you're right in the middle of it, man, if you can hang on to that and trust God and apply that into your life, it will change you. And the joy of the Lord will rise up in you. It's about having joy, knowing that I'm going to come through this and I'm going to be better and I'm going to be stronger and I'm going to be more like Jesus Christ. Come on. That's what I hold on to. Okay, God, if this is developing character in me, if this is making me more like you, God, then so be it. Though you slay me, yet will I trust you. 
Because you know what? I want to be more like him. That's what matters to me. More than happiness. So this is, this is how we press through. Number three, we can choose joy. Both Mary and Elizabeth chose to rejoice in the Lord. In the Bible, rejoice is the verb form of joy. It's the action of expressing joy and delight. And if you look a little more closely at the word, you'll notice that it begins with the prefix re. You know what the prefect, pref, <laughs> prefix means? Re. That's a tongue twister there. See if I can do that again. It begins with the prefix re. This prefix means once more, again, a return to. Rejoice, do it again. Go back to it. Do it once more. So to rejoice is to return to joy. It is a choice to return to our source of joy. It is a return to Jesus Christ. If you have no joy, maybe you need to get back to where you were. Back to the joy of the Lord. You see, joy is a choice. Just like being miserable is a choice. You get to choose. So we have to choose joy. We must choose joy. As James said, count it all joy. Count it all joy. And we can do that when we know we're being conformed. All, everything, no matter what. So I looked up the meaning of the original Greek word translated count. And it means, this is so interesting, listen up, to command with authority. The word trials means adversity. So the Bible says to command with authority joy when we face adversity. So when you're going through a difficult time, speak it to yourself. I command you, soul, to rejoice in the Lord. Speak it to the circumstances. Pray it to God. God can fill you with a joy unspeakable and unexplainable. Joy in the midst of trials. Now that does not mean that there's not a place for resisting because there is. We want to resist the enemy. You know, Satan, I resist you in this depression and this discouragement or whatever you might be going through. Yes, there is a place for resisting. But there is also a place for commanding. Commanding the joy of the Lord into our lives. And to do that, here's a key. You have to stop being a victim of your circumstances. We all go through hard times. Come on. But when you think it's all coming against you, everybody's out to get me, why is God not blessing me, blesses everybody else, well, look around you. Everybody else has problems too, right? So we have to get back to not being that victim and, and not letting circumstances control us. You see, when you're in a tough time, command joy. When you're in a good time, command joy. When your circumstances do not result in happiness, all right, have, we have to get back to the place where we celebrate Jesus regardless of our circumstances or our problems. Everyone in here right now is going through something, but what did we do this morning? We praised God. You might have come in here heavy-hearted, but five minutes in the praise of God's people, and what happens? You're feeling joy because you're commanding it. You're not basing it on your circumstances. 
We have to press in and not be victims of what's going back, what's going on in our lives. And if you're on, if you are on a journey to joy in your life, you will find it. I'm going to give you the most important key if you're looking for joy in a relationship with Jesus Christ. There's nothing like it. Oh, I loved all the smiles that I just saw across this room. That is where joy is found. Everything else is a counterfeit. It is in a relationship with Jesus Christ. As the words to joy to the world, the songs say, joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her king. Let every heart prepare him room. Are you preparing room for him in your heart? Especially this Christmas with everything going on, you know. It's so easy to get focused on something else. Are you preparing room in your heart? Jesus came to bring joy to the world. And you'll find it when you make room for him in your life. The more you make room for God in your life, the more joy you will have. Still have trials and testings, but you will have joy. You see, the, the joy of the Lord, it's not something we do. You can't work it up, right? It's something we receive. Jesus said in John 16, 24, Until now, you have asked nothing in my name. Ask, and you will receive. Why? That your joy may be full. We receive joy from the Lord. You will find joy when you ask Jesus for joy. You will find joy when you trust in God. The journey to joy is found in a personal relationship with Christ. A personal relationship with God begins by receiving the best gift of Christmas. Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. That is how you find joy. Find joy. I want to ask this question this morning. Have you ever done that? For those of you that are here today, for those of you who are on social media, have you asked Christ into your heart and into your life? If not, today is your day of salvation. Call out to him. We're going to have a prayer uh, team down here after the service. Come down. They'll pray with you and ask, how, and you can receive Jesus Christ into your life. Jesus is the greatest example of joy in the midst of pain. Why would the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, become a baby, leave heaven where there is no pain and no tears, to become a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief? Jesus did it to fulfill the will of the Father. He did it to purchase our salvation. He, but did you know that he did it for joy as well? Hebrews 12, 2 says, Fix your eyes on Jesus the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. What was the joy before him? Isaiah 53.10 tells us, it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He He has put him to grief when you make his soul an offering for sin. Wow. He shall see his seed, which is spiritual offspring. Why? Because of us. For our salvation. Jesus endured the pain of the cross for the joy of seeing spiritual offspring. And that is us. 
for the joy of bringing many people to heaven to spend eternity with him. That is a gift we should not reject. That is a gift we should receive. Since Jesus came to earth to bring us great joy, let's rediscover Christmas by being like Mary and Elizabeth who embraced joy no matter what they went through. We don't know what tomorrow is going to bring, but we do know that in the midst of whatever it is, we can have joy in our lives. Let's heed the good news of the angels that brings great joy to all of us. A Savior has been born, our Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ, and he will carry us through and complete his work in us no matter what. God has designed it for us to live our lives with joy. Happiness is all right. It's not, there's nothing wrong with it. But God wants to do something even greater. Would you stand to your feet this morning? I want to close with a prayer. Father, we know that none of this is possible without relationship with you. So I pray right now, Father, that these words that have gone forth will not return void, but they will accomplish the purpose for which you have sent them, O oh God. That you will move on each of us, fill us with your joy. We receive it, O oh God, for the, your joy is our strength. And we ask you to fill us with joy. Let us be an example of joy to our family members who don't know you, to those at co-workers who don't know you, to those out in the world who are looking for joy, God. Let us be that example of joy even in the midst of difficulties. And we thank you that you are the joy and the rejoicing of our hearts. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.